good and your mercy endureth forever. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Lord, you are.
we honour you in this place this morning. It is a great privilege to come together and bless your holy name. Father, I thank you for every person in the room, every household represented in this place. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would meet with every one of us today, that there would be a great sense of your presence. Well, there is a great sense. There would continue to be a great sense of your presence amongst us, that you'd rest on every person and that you'd speak to every person today in a tangible way. Let every person leave this place encouraged, having connected with the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. Welcome to the first 1030 for 2017. It is great to see you all. Why don't you take a moment and say hello to a few people around you. Welcome them back after the summer. Tell them they're looking great. Obviously lost some weight and got tanned and all those things.
Well, the year is truly underway now. We're back into it. 9, 10.30 and 6. Every Sunday, it is so good to see you this morning. I hope you've had a, some kind of break over the summer. You're feeling refreshed. I would like to take just a moment right now. If you're a student of any sort, stand up on your feet. I'm not going to embarrass you, but just stand up on your feet. So all you guys are all students if you're at school or preschool. You're at high school, polytech, university, wherever you are, if you're a student. Look at that. So if your year hasn't quite started yet, it's about to, no doubt. Let's take just a moment and we'll pray for you guys, eh? Be good. Father, I thank you for every student in this place. I thank you for every student that's going into a new environment this year and those also going to one that's more familiar. Lord, we ask that your presence would accompany them as they go into these places this year. I ask that they would learn. Lord, that you'd give them the ability to learn that as they work hard, they will retain knowledge. They will, um, they will succeed. They will do well in their studies. I also ask, Lord, that you would bring great friends around people, that you bring people um, in, of kindred spirit, of great character around uh, each person represented, and great friendships will be built, friendships that will last for a lifetime. And so we declare your blessing over every student in this place. In Jesus' name, let them walk with a, a sense that your hand is on them. Let it be something divine about this year as they apply themselves to what's in front of them and also to walking and getting to know you more and more. So we declare blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Fantastic. You can sit down again. It's cool. Well, if you're visiting with us today, it's wonderful to have you with us. I pray that you feel relaxed, can enjoy what happens encourage you after the uh, gathering as you go out through the, the doors into the foyer on the right hand side there's a couple of tables there, there'll be someone there and uh, with some bags there with information about who we are as a church please help yourself to those and uh, let someone know if we can help you in any way we'd love to do that well who has had a birthday or a wedding anniversary in the last week I have I have yeah thank you, you're just sucking up I know, I, don't, I know how he works. Of all the weeks to have a birthday, it was the Daniel fast week. So I get a bag of nuts instead of chocolate. Oh, bad catch. We'll come down here. Oh, I missed it twice. Don't worry. You, you can have it. How about coming round this way if you've had a birthday or a wedding anniversary? Are these all birthdays? Birthday, wedding anniversary. First wedding anniversary. That deserves a round of applause. Brilliant. Wedding anniversary, you're how, how many years? 31 years married. That deserves an applause. Yeah. Okay, I'm taking over because Sheridan gets to be prayed for. So it was his birthday, so I'm taking over. Ooh, what can I do? <laughs> Let's stand together and pray. Father, we thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Okay, shall I give it back? <laughs> Thank you.
Well, a couple of things I'd like to bring to your attention. Well, this isn't really bringing it to your attention. I just should have done it, and I haven't. It's great to have Graham Lawrenson with us this week. Welcome. Really good. I'll introduce him later properly for those of you who don't know him. Just so you know, next weekend we have Steve McCracken with us. Uh, in all of our gatherings, Steve is a, a prophet and um, from Melbourne. He's become a great friend of Activate, and uh, he'll be with us next Sunday. So I'd love to see you here. I'm expectant to hear what he's going to say. Next Tuesday, which is the 14th, is our first prayer gathering for the year, this coming Tuesday. Jan informed me that it is Valentine's Day, but then what better way to celebrate Valentine's Day than one hour praying? Yeah, one hour connecting with our first love. Yeah. The, these are Jan's words I'm repeating to you. One hour. It'll be great. Everything is built on prayer. It's really important to pray. We would love to see you this Tuesday night. Well, it'd be great if you could look at the screen for a bit. We've got a clip for some stuff that's going on with Global Missions at the moment. I began to sing in English and when I have dreams I also have English dreams. So you like the spiritual part of the camp too? Yes, mm -hmm. for sure. <laughs> something, uh, something changing now. Mm -hmm. I feel it, but I can to express it now. Yeah, yeah. But something some, inside you. Something mean. inside me, yeah, something yeah. changing. Maybe uh, somebody cannot understand what is this, so we have to be here yeah, yeah, to, to, un to understand it. Okay. Um, uh, I had a new view on religion, uh, something like um, that uh, Jesus is uh, not only uh, uh, the Son of God, but uh, is also our friend, and uh, we make uh, a friendship with him. We loved English camp. This has been our third year coming and each year we're just amazed at how awesome the Ukrainian students are and um, how much they learn and how much we learn from them. Yeah. And yeah, every year we're also just amazed at the unique and cool things that God does in our team and in the Ukrainians through the camp. Um, I enjoyed it immensely. It was nothing like what I expected. Um, the kids were wonderful. I was scared to death to meet them on the first day, but within a matter of hours, um, got to know them, and they were excited, as excited to meet me as I was to meet them. And you can tell what the students, when they first arrive, they don't really, you know, talk about God or Jesus very much. And, you know, it's kind of a slow process. But then as camp goes on, they start asking more questions and having more discussions and really showing an interest. And, you know, at the end, we gave them Bibles and just seeing their excitement over getting those, you can tell that there was a definite spiritual impact throughout the camp. 
I just can't recommend it enough. It's a, it's a life-changing experience for the students and the teachers both. And uh, you just have to get over your fear of giving it a try. Mm -hmm. And then I think once you, once you do, and I've seen this happen among other people, once you give it a try, um, things change. And uh, if you want to grow in your faith in God, if you want to learn to uh, uh, trust, really trust and depend on God, you just got to come. Pretty cool, eh? Fantastic. Another thing that's happening over the next couple of weeks is uh, we've put together school packs. We're still waiting for a couple of things to arrive, but we've got 100 school packs going into Fairfield, Prim uh, Fairfield Primary and, help me with the other one, and Bankwood uh, School. And those packs uh, have lunch boxes, well, they're a bag for a start. They have lunch boxes, pens, pencils, school books in them for the kids there because there are children in our community going to those schools where families will turn up and between them they've got a supermarket bag to try and carry whatever and no lunch often and all sorts of things. So we really felt this would be a great thing for us to do as a church. So we've made a start. There's 100 packs going to go in. Actually, Fielding partnered with us, Activate Church Fielding. They've got 50 going into Fielding. And um, we've got 100 here, so that's a good start. So just to let you know that's happening, and um, I'll keep you informed of as, as it all comes together. Excellent. Well, I think it's you guys. Oh, no, it's the kids. How could I forget with you all sitting in front of me, a sea of you? Time for the children to go. How's that? This way, unless you're three and four-year-olds going this way, I think. Great. Have a great time. Thank you, leaders. We so appreciate you. See you later. Yes, see ya. <laughs> also, just to let you know, unfortunately, the air conditioning's packed up, so we've opened all the doors. You're last. It'll be okay. If you want to come out of your seats down and fill this area as we worship together, feel free. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the refuge and fortress of my life. Whom shall I dread? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though an army encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war rise against me, even in this I am confident. One thing I have asked of the Lord, and that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, in His presence, all the days of my life. I would have despaired, had I not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord, in the land of the living. Wait for and confidently expect the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for and confidently expect the Lord. As we move into another time of focusing our thoughts on God. I hope the songs that we've chosen are a little bit thought provoking because they don't allow us to wait standing still. It's a waiting on God that requires us to actually step into trust in God. A waiting that moves, mostly because our God is a God who moves.
feet may fail And there I find you in the mystery In oceans deep My faith will stand And I will call upon your name And keep my eyes above the waves When oceans arise, my soul will rest in your abounds in deepest waters, your sovereign hand will be my guide. My feet may fail and fear surrounds me, you've never failed and you won't
the Lord of all. Lord, that you go before us, you come behind us. You're above us and beneath us, you gather us. Hold us in your arms. Wrap them around us like the wings of a hen. Lord, that in spite of the circumstances we are facing in our lives, you are Lord. Lord, that you are Lord in our greatest joys and Lord in our moments of despair. Lord, that you never leave us never forsake us. Lord, that in you there is a picture of a future that blows my mind. A future where all tribes, all nations gather before your throne, Lord, where there is peace, throne, we sing worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb who was slain, who is risen and gives us life, life, life abundant. To Him and Him alone be glory. He alone is worthy. He alone is Lord of all. presence together on our own take that moment to lean into you Holy Spirit I pray well I pray that every heart is open and while every heart is open that 
you would drop nuggets of truth in this morning that would change destinies. Not only destiny for the people involved, but destiny for your church in the city. Destiny for the city. Destiny for the nation, for the nations. Because of something that you plant this morning. So we embrace your truth today. Give us ears to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, it is a great, great privilege to be able to introduce Graham this morning. And uh, Graham is, hopefully most of you or a lot of you met Graham in November when he was with us. And we're on journey together this year and, and Graham will be in and out from time to time and, and you'll see him. And we're really on a journey about exploring what the future looks like in God. We know that God's doing something. We know God's changing stuff in his church, that this is a reformative type period of history. I think that's a, a common thought now with a lot of people that, that God is really changing the face of things. Quite what that looks like, we don't know, but we're going to go on the journey. And you need to go on journey with good people that God's speaking to as well. And Graham's one of those people. And so it's a great privilege to have you here again today. Just make yourself at home. You are at home now. I won't even introduce you next time, probably. You just get up. Come and make yourself at home. Please give him a great hand as he comes. Fantastic. How are you doing? Man, Melbourne. You guys are connecting with Melbourne. Two weeks in a row. I reckon. Well, actually, we're really just missionaries at home on furlough, really. Over there trying to save the Aussies. It's not an easy job. Don't worry, I don't cheer for the cricket team. <laughs> or the rugby team. Nobody's into rugby in, in Melbourne anyway. They just want to know about AFL. You talk about the All Blacks, and you know, who cares? Father, we do pray this morning that this word would... Um, Lord, I pray do something in the DNA of, of who we are and the way we see life and the way we see kingdom, and that, Lord, you would bring us on a, on a shift uh, closer to your will, to, to your ways, to your, your, um, your plan for us, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it is good to be here, and we are on a journey. I am so excited about the church. I am really excited about the church, and uh, I, I just think, you know, I, I believe this. I think everything that's happened until now is in preparation of everything that's about to happen next. And, uh, you know, I, I, I guess I get to travel now. I, for those of you that... How many heard me last time? How many didn't hear me last time? You weren't here? Okay. Cool. That's good. Okay. And, uh, well, surprise, surprise. Sorry to do this to you. And uh, put up with me for the next less than 30 minutes. What do you reckon? Do you reckon I could do that? It's doubtful, eh? Um, a really cool thing, you know, about six years ago in 2010, um, God... God shifted us out of the church. When I, when I say out of the church, I, am, I still love the church. I am a member of it or, or part of a church. I don't know if they have members where I go, actually. I should find out. And uh, my home church is um, Faith Church in Dandenong in Melbourne, a uh, church of about 3,500. Then I have another church that i very close to and, and minister a lot in, which is uh, New Life Chapel in Albury-Wodonga, which is on the Murray River on the border. So you go across the bridge and you're in New South Wales. You come back, you're in Victoria and uh, different rules and all that kind of stuff with the driving. And, uh, and uh, you'd love that church. In fact, I, I, I have a sense that, that you guys and, and New Life Chapel might just get a little bit more closer. 
Um, very similar atmosphere, very similar size, very similar heart as churches, and um, I just think there's going to be a neat little connection there. Somehow, I don't know how, maybe you'll have to come over and we'll go and fish on the Murray or something. And um, so, uh, but, but six years ago, it's like God just took me out of the church. So I've been, been in ministry since um, 1984, so we were talking probably 25, 26 years that we'd been there. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, I was the youth pastor pre-Gateway Church. Uh, there and an associate pastor with Steve Hurst for those that have been part of C3. So kind of a local boy, um, old boys from, you know, boys high school, Myra Intermediate, Varden Primary. Anybody from Varden Road? Yeah, got some Varden Road people. I used to play marbles out the back. I am literally a kid that went to school and lost his marbles. I truly did. Wasn't my game, wasn't my sport. I haven't found my sport yet, but just not built for sport. Just the way it is. And, um, but anyway, um, we went through a year in, in probably 2010 where everything was going wrong in our lives. I mean, personal lives, and, and you know, some of you know my story in that area. We won't go there today. Um, just a lot of stuff went wrong. And at the end of the day, there's, there's times where you push through those seasons, and there's other times you think, no, God's actually taking us out of a season. And uh, I, honestly, I remember saying to my wife, I feel like I'm Jonah in a boat going the wrong direction. And until I jump out, the storm will just continue to, to, to go, you know. So um, we jumped out. We just, we resigned the church. We resigned from the ministry. Um, in fact, we had nowhere to go. We, we, we just drove out of town. It was like weird. Um, had no jobs, had no home to come to. And uh, my mum was house-sitting up here. We stayed here. And then we, uh, for those of you that know Kevin and, and Charlie Ormsby, they had their little units at that time out at Raglan. We went and stayed out there for a while. And, and just, it was almost like, like we, we, in fact, it was in that time that God spoke to us from, from Acts chapter 13, verse 46, and Paul and Barnabas uh, were, were in a particular place, and they were getting some opposition. And literally they said, you know, from now on we turn to the Gentiles. And as soon as I read that passage, it was almost like God was saying that you've spent most of your working life inside the walls of the church. From now on, turn to the Gentiles. Now, I had no idea what that would mean. All I knew is that, in fact, I sense it and I believe it even more so now, that God was calling me to be a forerunner of, of turning the heart of the church to the Gentiles. I, I, I tell you what, I think that there, there's Christians all over the world right now that are bored out of their brains with the church. Are you allowed to say that here? I can say stuff that the pastors can't really say because I'll get on a plane and go back to Melbourne. And, uh, but, you know, it's, it's almost like, look, we love the church. I love the worship. I love everything we're doing here. But there's a sense that we're not really impacting our communities. We're not really, I mean, I mean, really, I mean, really making a change. So for me, it was almost like God said, I'm going to take you out of the thing. I'm going to put you out there with the Gentiles. And then I'm going to, it's almost like, I want you to then begin to turn the heart of the church to the Gentiles. You know, where we get that passionate about the, that we would actually, I don't know, maybe even leave the 99 for six days of the week and go in pursuit of the one. Really, really get that, that thing back in our hearts. So, so we've been on this journey, uh, and, and in that journey, I'm going to share with you a thought this morning that actually I, I heard uh, the, these words spoken by Pastor Danny Gugliamucci. Say that real fast. Gugliamucci. And uh, Danny is, is um, in Adelaide, for those who know who Danny is. He's a lovely, lovely man. And, and I was in a staff meeting with him, and he made these four, he spoke about these four words. He talked about purpose, picture, passion, and process. And basically, it was talking about the pathway of our lives, of, of how we fulfill the call of God, or how we do anything in this world, 
It always begins with purpose. What is it that I want to do? What am I born for? What is the why behind everything else? And then out of that, that, that purpose, we build a picture of what, what it will look like once it's done. So, so for example, you know, uh, we, our, our purpose in, in the, the church context is actually the Great Commission. You know, we'll talk a bit about that. But then you get this picture of what would it look like if it was fulfilled? What would it look like if, if we were healthy and empowered and really being a force for God on the planet? What would that really look like? And once you get that picture, then you get real passionate about it. So, man, I can live for that picture. And then finally, you put the processes in place so that you can bring it all to pass. So, so um, where I've landed right now, I work for an organization or a company um, in, in Melbourne with another ex-pastor. It's like two ex-pastors have kind of connected together. And we have... Uh, uh, we, we take buildings. We, we literally create corporate spaces and buildings, and these things are just, and it's just been blessed. I shared a little bit with the uh, Business Plus team, and uh, so we, we, we have create space, so you can actually take anything from a hot desk uh, all the way up to a suite of offices and these boardrooms, and you pay by the square meter and just, all that kind of stuff. And, um, and then out of the, the, the people that join us, we then provide business support. And uh, so we actually employ... Uh, we're believing for 5,000 businesses across Melbourne. We've got 1,000 new businesses coming in in the next 12 months that will be coming into our buildings. Uh, we're, we're just building a new building at the moment um, uh, in a place called Caribbean Park, which uh, will be like a three-and-a-half square meter building that we'll be breaking into spaces. And then we've just taken over the top floor above David Jones and Chadston Shopping Centre. So if you've been to Melbourne, you know what Chadston is. It's the largest shopping centre in Australia. And uh, 5,000 square meters, we, we literally deck these things out five stars. So we have the businesses come in, then we provide support for them. And what that means is uh, every second week we gather them together, we do training, and then there's people like me who will meet with them once a month and say, how are you going with your business? How can we make you grow? Did you get a win on the stuff that we taught you? And, uh, and they every time we do teaching, uh, there's a call to action that every business person must do to stay in the group. So if we're talking about Created a mission statement. We'll tell them how to create a mission statement. They've got two weeks to create a mission statement. They come back. Yes or no, did you do it? No in between, yes or no. If it's a no, then they get me knocking on the door. How do I turn your no into a yes? Because we think this will benefit you. And so we've just finished vision. We're now into leadership. It's a 12-point uh, uh, series that we do, and it takes six months to get through each point. So all these businesses have to, it's going to take them six years of training to take their business to a whole new level. So, so one of the things that we do is when we, we meet with these guys, one of the first questions we ask is, what is your purpose? What's the why behind your business? Why do you exist? And then we say, now give us a detailed picture of what it's going to look like when you're done. So they have to literally do this thing where they write this thing down. One of the examples that we use is from the Ford Motor Company, Henry Ford, before he ran the company uh, and built the company. And this is what he said as he had put a picture before him that he could then be passionate about. He wrote this, I will build a motor car for the great multitude. It will be so low in price that no man making a good salary will be unable to own one and enjoy with his family the blessing of hours of pleasure in God's great open spaces. When I'm through, everybody will be able to afford one and everyone will have one. The horse will have disappeared from our highways, the automobile will have take, be taken for granted and we will give a large number of men employment at good wages. So, so, you know, I guess his, his why, his purpose was transportation, but his picture became so clear that he could then be passionate about it and put the processes in place for it to come to pass. You get what I'm saying? 
Now, now the company that I work for, this is our, our uh, picture. The, um, really, our, our, uh, our purpose is prosperity for the city of Melbourne and, and the nation of Australia. We absolutely believe that the secret and the answer to uh, prosperity for, for the nation of Australia is to see small businesses succeed. Uh, we have a passion to put a smile on the heart of every small business owner. But this is the, the detailed picture. By the time we're finished, many thousands of businesses across Melbourne will be thriving, absolutely thriving. Many leaders will have emerged, new initiative, uh, innovative need-meeting services developed, and many families will prosper. The economy of the city itself will be profoundly enhanced and a new collective and exemplary way of doing business will be established. All of this will be possible because of a growing band of passionate entrepreneurial givers who are committed to the highest standards, will join together to support each other and generously give of themselves for the greater common good. So, so that's our, our visit picture. So, so basically, in, in the story of your life, you have a purpose, you create a picture, you get the passion for it, and you put in the processes. So what I decided to do this morning, I thought I'd just throw your pastor in the deep end. We already know the purpose. So I said to Sheridan, why don't you take two minutes to come and tell us the picture? What, what would it look like if you guys actually achieved the vision in Sheridan's heart that God's downloaded? So Sheridan, you've got two minutes. Let's welcome your pastor. So I see Activate as a beacon of hope. I see it as a beacon of hope for our city, for the nation, and for the nations. I see it as a, a, a city on a hill has been prophesied over us that people look to. Churches have all sorts of different roles, but I believe that our, our call, our reach is far beyond the local. Activate is made up of church. I see a church that's absolutely vibrant, full of passionate people who have got hold of God's heart for them and God's heart for the community and are going as fast as they're coming out to where God's got them, wants them to flourish. I see our education arm becoming the premier Christian values-based educator in New Zealand, releasing and training leaders that um, will succeed in the marketplace, in the church, and in the community. I also see us being as unique in that we can pick up the hopeless and see them graduate hopeful. Our community link or community services arm, I see that being innovative and I see it having the ability to reach where other agencies can't reach and other people can't reach because the heart of the people running those things is all about faith. It's all about introducing the people to Jesus. I see us unique in many ways, medical, um, doing a lot of the things we're doing now, but being able to reach into communities, not only here, but throughout the nation. Then we have a business arm, and I see the business arm being run well and strategically and wise investment, and I see that producing fruit, great fruit, so that the words that have often been heard in our environment, we can't afford to do that, will never be heard again. We'll never say that again. We will be able to afford to do what God's called us to do in our city, in the cities of our nation, and the nations of the world. Fantastic. Is that all right? Well, you're here. Come on. Let's... Somebody get excited. In fact, I might just move back. I think I just go... If I was you, I think I'd go to church here. I really do, actually. You're the only place that invites me to speak, so where else would I go? So, so, so understanding that this process of life, and not just for us as a community, but for you as, a, as an individual, as a family, to understand your purpose, why God's put you on the planet, to be able to build 
a picture of what it would look like if you achieved it, and then put passion to that, and then work with process to make sure that it, it actually takes place. So, so with, with your church, I guess the purpose is the Great Commission. The picture is a united local church activating community transformation, salt and light to the city and the nation, a passion that drives you forward, and a process to build according to the pattern that God downloads to your leaders and your pastor. So much that I could share here. I was going to talk about Ephesians 2, verses 19 to 20, but just to throw that up, put in your notes if you're interested, it's a little bit of why God builds the church with Jesus being the chief cornerstone, but the apostles and the prophets being the foundation, because prophets get to help you see the picture. They always say, this is what it looks like. This is what God's going to do. Apostles have this ability to keep you to the purpose and to actually help put out the processes and, and uh, put things in order. The thing is, if you take any of these words away we would be unsuccessful in fulfilling God's call in our lives. All four are necessary. Without purpose, our picture would be just empty religion, wouldn't it? Without picture, we would have nothing to be passionate about. Without passion, process would just become hard work. So I want to talk a little bit this morning about purpose. What is the purpose of the church? It's interesting, um, a while back I was connected with, with the church and had a, went on a bit of a journey with them. And, and they, they literally spent years, a couple of years anyway at least, talking about this question. What is the primary purpose of the church, worship or evangelism? So uh, I'm just going to throw it out right now. Just take it for granted that we're worshippers. When Jesus was actually asked that question, he, he couldn't separate them. They said to him, okay, Jesus, what's the most, what's the most important command? What's the, what's the main thing? And he said, well, actually, it's kind of two. First up, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your strength, all your mind, all your soul. So, so that's obvious. In fact, can I just say to you, if you have to plan to be a worshiper, I'm not sure you've met Jesus yet. Because when you meet him, he's <laughs> just like, I don't plan to love my wife. She's actually a honey, you know? And, and, and it's like, with Jesus, when you really meet Jesus in a personal way, you realize how amazing he is, you're just a worshiper. So, so Jesus said, listen, first command, love the Lord your God, all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. But he said, the second is like it, can't be separated. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's the purpose that we have. So what I want to do this morning, I want to really quickly as I can, take my watch off for no reason whatsoever. And I'm going to go from Genesis to Revelation and just show you God's purpose for your life. You're going to walk out of this room and you will know what you've been born to do. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Is that cool? You're right for that? Anybody not sure what your purpose in life is? You will be in a few minutes. 15 minutes, change the world. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, it all begins here. First words of God to human beings. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. So we've got dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, cattle, all the earth. And then God blessed them and God said. So what we're reading here are the first words out of God's mouth to human beings. God said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. The purpose of humanity, the, the purpose of every human being is to be fruitful, to multiply, and to fill the earth. And then we're going, what are we supposed to fill the earth with? I get the be fruitful and multiply thing, you know, I mean, we just, you know, have kids and we, you know, populate the planet. But what do we fill the earth with? Well, I have an answer. Who remembers um, Smith, um, Barry Smith? I have a clipping. 
Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 14 tells us what we're to fill the earth with. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So, 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 so here it is, God saying to human beings, your purpose on the planet, my first words to you, the directive over your life is to be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. Now what we're to fill the earth with is the glory of the Lord. Because it's been prophesied that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Now, now you've got to understand what glory means. It's actually a Hebrew word, and uh, it's called um, kabod or, or, or korbod, something like that, how you want to explain it. But it does talk about weight. Often when you hear people talking about the glory of the Lord, and we get the glory come into services, you feel the weight, the presence of God. Well, it is true. That's what it means. But if you do more study on the word, it's not just weight. It's not just some physical thing. I didn't do very well in physics at school. In fact, that's probably why I left. But uh, it's not just the, 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 the weight in a physical thing. There's actually meaning behind this word. And if you were to study that, you would find that the glory of the Lord talks about honor, abundance, riches, splendor, dignity, reputation. In other words, when you understand the glory of the Lord, it's just that God is flipping awesome. He's just amazing. He's magnificent. And, and so, so when it says, here's, here's your, your, your role on the earth to, to, to be fruitful, to multiply, and fill the earth with the knowledge that God is amazing. That he's a father, that he is wanting to bless people, that he loves people, that he's kind, that he has dignity, and that he's rich in abundance. That's the knowledge of the Lord, the knowledge of the glory that will be filling the whole earth. So, so that was God's mandate for Adam and Eve. Now, Adam and Eve, they got the first part right. They multiplied. They, 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 they were fruitful. And the earth became filled with people but not the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. They kind of backs it. They, they, they kind of left that mandate behind. And eventually there's no relationship with God. So God says, well, okay, these guys didn't do it. They fell. They ate the apple. You know the whole deal. So he calls on a guy called Abraham. And he says, you know, Abraham, I'm going to call you and I'm going to bless your family. In Genesis chapter 12, we're not going to spend too much time, but you'll see the scriptures on the screen. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless those that bless you. And I will curse them who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth We'll be blessed. We'll be blessed. Now, now blessed is, is the concept of being blessed. That God's a God who wants to bless people. God's a God who's kind and loving and wants a relationship with His people. It's not about rules and religion and yes and no and up and It's actually about a heart of an amazing, incredible God that loves people. Just loves people. So, so this mandate was on the people of Israel. And again, they, they multiplied. They, they, they just spread out throughout. The, there's millions of them. But they fell away from God. They fell away from the mandate to actually fill the earth with the knowledge of how amazing God is. So, you know, just, just take a moment here. God decides that for humanity, the, the purpose of, of, of this whole thing the purpose of everything on the planet right now. It's not about who became president. It's not about who your next prime minister is going to be. All that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, we get that. But the heart of God has always been that all humanity, that the, the planet would be filled with human beings who are blessed, who have a relationship with God, who understand that He's good and kind and, and magnificent and splendid and 
just that's his heart. Now, now what he's decided is that this, this mandate, this role of filling the earth with that knowledge will always be done through human beings. He just decided. I don't know why he decided that. He could have just made it angels. Would have been easier. Angels, go down. Tell everybody. But he just, no, 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 no. He says, I want it to be transmitted through human beings. That's what I put them on the planet to do. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. So, so now God's got this problem because he started with this couple, Adam and Eve, disobeyed him, fell away from the glory of the Lord, put outside that garden. He's tried with this other family, Abraham and, and all his, you know, the generations there, and they fell away and disobeyed God and got scattered to the four corners of the earth. So God's saying, how am I going to find a human being that will actually take this serious? So you know what? I just have to become a human being myself. So Jesus came. John 9 verse 5 says, As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. What does that mean? That means as long as I'm in the world, I am light. I am a beacon of hope. I'm a testimony of how amazing God is. And what did Jesus do? He went around doing good, not bad. He didn't get all religious on everybody. Meets a woman caught in the act of adultery. Ah, uh, uh, you need to know that this is a sin. No, 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 just embraced it. Go and sin no more, your sins are forgiven. Fresh start. He was just a beacon of the glory of God. He just showed everybody how cool God is. And, and anybody that got religious and was trying to judge sinners, got a bit angry with those fellas. But he was just a beacon of hope. Let's go and tell everybody. The gospel of the kingdom is, is actually, you know, he just could have said the message of the kingdom. But he chose to word, use the word gospel. What, the, the, the what? The good news. So, so, so Jesus comes down, he takes this mandate, said this is what human beings were actually born to do. Heal the sick, cast out devils, share good news, reveal the Father. You know, everything you've seen me, that's what, that's what he's like. But interesting, he did say that as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. But he was going to leave the world. So in John 20, 21, Jesus says to his disciples, Peace, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Basically what he's saying is, guys, the Father has this real passion that the purpose of humanity is to fill the earth with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. So he, he sent me to do that, but now I'm, I'm going, I send you. <sighs> Receive the Holy Spirit. Whoa! <sighs> One of the disciples, <gasps> I wonder how they felt. I just received the Holy Spirit. Why? To actually be sent to do what Jesus did. That, that's why Jesus said to the disciples in Matthew 5.14, he said, you know, guys, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill. It cannot be hidden. So much I could share with you. But you see now this, this, this flow of this, this baton that's been handed throughout all of history of, of human beings. Adam and Eve fill the earth with the glory that failed. Pass it on. Abraham fill the earth. Kind of started to do it. Descendants failed. Handed on to Jesus. Jesus filling the earth. He did it really well. I mean, we're still talking about him. 
right? We're still telling stories about how well he filled the earth with the glory, the wonder, the awesomeness of his dad. Then Jesus handed on to his disciples. He said, come on, boys. This is your role. Just as I said, go. The disciples handed on to the church. Fill the earth. We have Matthew 28, 18 to 20, about going into all the nations. 20, Matthew 24, 14. I'm kind of skipping through stuff here. This gospel. In fact, this is cool. This gospel of the kingdom, this good news about what the kingdom's like, righteousness, joy, holy, peace, and the Holy Ghost, you know, that, that thing. This awesome message will be preached in all the world. It'll get there. It'll get done as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. What's Jesus saying there? He said, you know what? This is so important. This, this little word, these first words that God spoke to humanity, that, that our role is to fill the earth with the knowledge of the glory of the kingdom, it is so important that till it's done, the end can't come. Think about that. Until it's done, Jesus will never return. It must happen. Now, now this is what I'm here to say today. This is, this is my point. This is my message. I believe that the kingdom of God is undergoing a shift right now. I believe we're going to see the, the most important shift in church and kingdom in the history of the church. Our purpose is not keeping the doors open. Uh, let me just say this to you. The generation coming through today will leave the church in droves if we don't get this. They were born for something. The generation coming through, these young people, they, these, this generation here on my left, I can see a bunch here. These guys know they were born for something. They know it. They're not going to sit around and play church for the rest of their lives. They're going to be part. They, they're going, you may even be sending them out. They, they, they'll be the forefront of it, but, but they want to do this. They want to get this job done. Of course, when we come to the book of Revelation, you do know that the book of Revelation is a history book, right? It's a history book. It's not a, it's not, it is prophecy, but prophecy is just history from the future. Got to understand that. So, so in, in Revelation 7, 9, when John was taken into the future and read the history book, or saw actually in those in heaven, it's actually videos and real life stuff. After these things I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could number of all the nations, all the tribes, all the peoples, all the tongues standing before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed with white robes. You know, it, it actually happens. We're in that generation that can bring this to pass. We are the generation. This is what God's doing right now. And, and for me, you know, I kind of feel like six years ago, God said, listen, I've got I to take you outside the walls because this is just, you know, I don't mean this in an arrogant way because I'm about to take the church outside the walls and I'm going to need a few people to go out there and get it wrong a few times so they can come back in and say, hey, I found the pathway. And, and so for me right now, interfacing with, with you know, I've got to tell you, it was incredibly difficult to actually take a mantle to preach and, and to speak wisdom. I could have left the church and, and, and done some menial labor. That, that's not so hard. But to actually take the mantle and put it into the, the marketplace was incredibly hard. Because you're going to say, well, look, I'm going to, I'm going to begin to speak wisdom and, 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 and minister into your world. Well, what, what's your credibility? I've been a pastor for 30 years. It's kind of like, eh, it doesn't cut it. So, so, so if, I, I believe that God actually took me out so I can come back in and say, we can do this. We just have to get our passion back. 
We, we just have to, have to see a picture that is so exciting of what the church could really be to be passionate about it again. This is what William Booth says. I'm drawing to a close. While women weep as they do now, I'll fight. While little children go hungry as they do now, I'll fight. While men go to prison, in and out, in and out, as they do now, this could have been said in our time, couldn't it? I'll fight. While there is a drunkard left, while there is a poor lost girl upon the streets, let me add, sold into trafficking. While there remains one dark soul without the light of God, I'll fight. I'll fight to the very end. Oh, God, let that be our heart. Here's another thing he said. Not called, did you say? Not heard the call, I think you should say. Put your ear down to the Bible and hear him bid you go and pull sinners out of the fire of sin. Put your ear down to the burdened, agonized heart of humanity and listen to its pitiful wail for help. Go stand by the gates of hell and hear the damned entreat you to go to their father's house and bid their brothers and sisters and servants and masters not to come there. And then look Christ in the face, whose mercy you have professed to obey, and tell him whether you will join heart and soul and body and circumstances in the march to publish his mercy to the world. Let's never lose our passion. That's the mandate. I'm telling you, if you didn't know why you've been placed on this earth, I can tell you right now, it is to fill the earth with how amazing our God is really is. Interesting in Matthew chapter 9, I'm not going to read these passages for time's sake, but when Jesus saw the multitudes, said they were like sheep scattered, having no shepherd. And it was just broken. And he said, you know, I just can't get to these people. I'm human now. I'm human. I could come God again. Maybe I could do it then, but no, 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 that was never the mandate. The mandate was always human beings. I can't get to these people and share how amazing my father is. And he says, pray, 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 pray. Listen to this. Not for shepherds. He's the shepherd. But pray for laborers. Pray that God would send people into this world and let them know how great God is. Because the devil's done a great job in telling the world how boring God is how religious God is, how judgmental God is, how intolerant He is. That's what the devil's been out there. He's been publishing that for years. You and I need to go out and say, God's absolutely awesome. He's a father that I never had. He's a friend that never leaves me. You know, Jesus went about doing good, healing the sick, casting out devil. He was a blessing everywhere He went. And, and, and you know, if you were here last time I shared, I talked a lot about the day of Pentecost when the whole church were filled with the presence and the power of God. We all received power. But then it went on and said, and we all spoke in a language that can be understood outside the walls of the church. I understand speaking in tongues and our heavenly language, but in the context of that day, it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They went out beyond the walls. They spoke the languages of the people. And the people said in Acts chapter 2, verse 11, we all hear the wonderful works of God in our own native tongues, in languages we can understand. Here's, here's what will happen to you. When you actually get this, and, and you get purpose, and you get picture, and you become passionate about it, you're going to find a group of people around you in your workplace, in your community, and when you talk to them about how good God is, 
they'll get it. They'll just get it. And, and you know what? You, you're going to find when you're done doing that, you, you're going you're gonna to actually grow. You feel like you're 10 feet tall. Your heart will be exploding. So that was absolutely... <laughs> Remember the old days, you know, knock on the door. Hi, I'm here. Invite you to our church. Here strangers. How many enjoyed door knocking? Anybody? How many enjoyed handing out tracts on the street? Anybody? How, how many enjoyed drama and outreaches and preaching? On the, I used to preach on the street. I've been one who remembers those days. 1981, 82, my little white box. I've been there, done that. But I want to tell you, the, the kind of... I don't even like using the word evangelism anymore because we've messed with it, made it something which is not nice. But when you find your tribe, when you find who God created you to share the glory of the Lord with and you share with them and they get it, it'll be, it's no labor at all. That's like bread and butter. That's like, do I get a chance to do that with someone else? I was sharing with our, our, um, the Business Plus group here. I'm just going to close with this thought because I could go on all day and you don't need that. But come back tonight. I've got some cool stuff to share tonight. Um, and, and the reason I'm, I'm going to have to repeat some stories is I've only been doing this for a few months. So I'm getting going. I, you know, when I'm back next time, I'm going to have a whole bunch of new stories. But I get the opportunity through, through a purpose and a picture that I can be passionate about, and we put a process in place where I'm sitting down with all these unsaved people and, uh, and mentoring them, and, and we've got a process of love, hope, faith. We, we do faith, hope, and love, but we reverse it. So first thing I'll always do is love people. Come into our community. You're welcome here. We love you guys. Then we bring hope. How do we help you in your business? Because these are business people. That's how hope comes. And then finally, I'm looking for the opportunity for faith. So, um, so I'm, I'm kind of with, with especially one guy. He, he was an ex-cop, hard as nails, and, uh, and really broken, got burnt out, all that kind of stuff. So he started this new business. Um, providing insurance for people in the workplace, you know, so if you burn out or get sick, whatever, you've got insurance. And a Christian came to him, because I'm talking to him, I've already talked about the business stuff, and said, tell me about yourself. He said, well, I just started my business in July. He said, I've got this Christian friend. He didn't even know I'm a Christian. So I had this Christian friend. I said, oh, what church is it? I don't know. He's a Christian friend. And he said, he came to me just as I started my business, and he said to me, now he didn't use the word prophesy, but this is what he said. He said, you know what? Your new business, I have a feeling. This is how we can run. I just got a feeling that your business is going to really be really impacting the emergency services sector. And he's like, I just laughed at him. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. And then he said, and, and for those that were at the Friday night, was it Friday night I turned up here? Thursday night. Um, I'm going to change the language. It's not very nice. So I'll change it. He said, well, blow me down. He said something else. He said, blow me down. He said, a month later, I get a letter from the emergency services union, look after all the ambulance staff, and asking if I would provide insurance for all their members. And he said, go figure. He said, I can't believe it. He said, well, what do you think that's about? And I said, I just think God really likes you. That's all I said. So I think God must really like you. You know, it wasn't hard work. I, I, it's a buzz filling the earth with the glory of the Lord. And another guy come to he's, he's Polish, and uh, and him and his wife are scientists. And uh, because of funding issues, he, he started a business in photography. So uh, I'm learning about his business and helping him put vision and policies and all that kind of stuff together. So I, I do that. We've got the love, the hope thing sorted. Then I, I moved to faith. I said, tell me about yourself. So you got any kids? Because they've been married a while. You know, I know we've married eight years, but no kids. Oh, what's that? So we haven't been able to have any kids. But he said, but we're doing IVF. And he said, we've only got one more thing happening, you know, one more implantation thing going on, he said, in about a month's time, that's our last chance and I said, wow 
I said, you probably don't know this, but he said, I'm kind of a man of faith, you know, I've been around the church a lot. How would you like it if I and some of my friends really prayed that this one would, would you, that your wife would conceive, that you'd have, that this, would, this one be successful? And he says, well, he says, you know, to be honest with you, mate, he says, we're scientists. He says, I'm a man of science. Now, now, instead of being all judgmental, because this is a shift that God has taken, we've got to learn to love people. So I said, you know, that's fantastic. I said, think about it. I said, you're a man of science. I'm a man of faith. Imagine if, if, if we brought the two together. It, it just increases the odds. Just increases the odds. So he said, yeah, well, sounds quite, go for it. He says, you haven't succeeded so far, can't do any harm. So, man, I'm getting it. So I want you to pray for this couple. You don't even know their names. Pray for the couple in Melbourne, the Polish immigrants that are believing to conceive. Because imagine what's going to happen in a month's time when he comes back. Says, yes. we, we, we've got to take this shift. Don't be afraid of it. You're not going to have to go door knocking. You're not going to have to preach on the street. You don't have to hand out tracks to, to, to strangers. And I've done that. I printed 120,000 tracks and gave them all away myself. Printed them, paid for them. One of them was what to do to go to hell. You'd open it up, be blank. That was one. <laughs> Had another one that was a baggage ticket. Made it like a baggage ticket for passengers going to hell. You go inside, local attractions, skiing on the lake of fire. <laughs> go fishing and they come out cooked. <laughs> Got to think about that one, don't you? But it's, it's, it's not like that anymore. That's not what God's going to do. God is going to bring Pentecost on the church again. And this time, we're going to go beyond the manifestations. We're going to receive a heavenly language, but we're going to go beyond it. And we're going to get the language of the tribe that God has called us to share his glory with. And we're going to love every minute of it. And I'm telling you what, we're going to have people that will come here and experience God in such powerful ways that you'll be going back to work on your Monday, looking for your tribe, saying, oh God, fashion will put process into place and Revelation chapter 7 verse 9 will come to pass every tribe every language every people and when we've got this thing done when we've got it done Jesus will come back and that's when the real fun starts Father I pray this morning Lord for, for something to ignite in our hearts Lord, in a sense, this, this message right now and this season, we're not activating labor yet. It's going to come very, very soon. We're activating faith for a visitation of God. A kind of visitation where we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us in such a way that we will be witnesses to the glory of of God in Hamilton in New Zealand Australia the outermost parts of the earth to be very honest with you Lord I cannot wait for that kind of energy I've seen a world filled filled with the knowledge of your kindness your love your splendor your richness your abundance I, uh, it is, I am so privileged, we are so privileged to be alive to see this next move.
just while our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, you, you may have wandered into church or you might find yourself here this morning and you don't have a personal relationship with God. If this hasn't happened for you or maybe you're seeking, maybe you're waiting for whatever reason right now, you, you are not fully engaged and living for and under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But today you need to be forgiven of your sin. You need to receive him as your personal friend. You need to begin to, to connect and, and fellowship with him. You'll find out actually God's actually pretty, pretty cool. He is loving. He is kind. He wants to bless you and give you life. If you are not in relationship with God right now, while everybody else is bowed, they're praying for you, to be honest. That's why they're bowed. I want you to raise your hand and I will see it. And I'm going to pray for you right where you are. And today, you will be born again. You will come into relationship with God. We had a, a, an amazing young man do that in our early service today. Quickly raise your hand. Say, pray for me. I need to be in relationship with God. Today's my day. Would you raise your hand very quickly? I'll see it and I'll pray for you. God bless you down the back there. Absolutely. Somebody else out the back there, fantastic. Up the front here, God bless you. Over here, God bless you. Somebody else, raise your hand. It's four, I think five already. Just raise your hand. Yeah, God bless you, sir. Fantastic. Anybody else? You can put your hand down again. Over here, God bless you. Fantastic. Oh, this is awesome. This is awesome. Get excited, church. This is pretty cool. Don't get being with Jesus so long that you forget the joy of meeting him the first time. You might have noticed me on my phone earlier with Sheridan taking selfies of me and Sheridan to send to my wife because I'm still in love with her. Still be in love with Jesus and excited about others. Anybody else, you haven't raised your hand, you want to do that, I've given you a little bit more time. Just raise your hand right now and say, yeah, I didn't raise my hand, but now I am. Okay. Fantastic. Church, stand with me. Stand with me. Today, I guess five or six people have raised their hand. We don't know. I don't know for the first time, the second time, the 50th time, and I don't really mind. Because Jesus doesn't mind how many times we come to him. But we're going to pray a prayer. And, and for those who raise your hand, this is a prayer that's going to open your heart to the, to the knowledge of the glory of our, our loving God who loves you so much. We're going to pray with faith so that this event is, is a true spiritual experience for you that you will never return from. Church and those that raise your hand, pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today to receive you as my Lord and Savior. Please forgive me for everything I've ever done wrong. Wipe that slate clean and take away the guilt. And from this day forward, make me your child, a follower of the creator of the universe. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I pray for those who raise your hand. I pray, let this be so significant. Lord, I pray that they would know and love you with all of their hearts for the rest of their days and they'll become part of the coming army of believers that you will send to the harvest. Lord, bless them in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray as we stand here right now, I pray, Lord, for an impartation of passion for the picture of a world filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Lord, give us our passion back. Lord, none of us want to go out these doors and put process in place without passion. Because to be honest with you, it'll be so hard. It'll be so discouraging. It'll be so dead. But Lord, let the Spirit of God fall on the church. Let the Spirit of God fall on the church. Let Pentecost become a season for us where we're continually under an outpouring of the power of God. 
giving us a language of tribes beyond our walls. This is our day. This is our time. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you richly. Uh, if you raise your hand, uh, Pastor Stuart is going to come and just give you some instructions where you might be able to meet somebody or come down the front here. I'm happy. If you, if you raise your hand today for the first time, you can come and see me or any of the pastors or leaders here will shake your hand. And, and, and I've found there's some free chocolates over here and you're probably not on the Daniel fast, so we'll give them all to you. <laughs> come and see us after. Thank you. Thank you, Graham. Well, I'd like to finish just slightly different this morning. Before we do, um, parents, your kids are going to come out with a take-home question this week from Romans chapter 8. Can anything separate us from the love of God? It's your subject you can be talking about over lunchtime. Can anything separate us from the love of God? So that'll be great. Also, I'd really like to receive an offering now for, to, to bless Graham, taking the time out this week to be with us. We want to really send him home blessed. So if you could prepare yourself for that and the host team could prepare themselves, that would be really good. Again, I'd remind you, if you're visiting with us, there's packs out the door on your right-hand side. Help yourself too. Someone will be there as you leave. That'd be great. Yeah, thank you, host team. If you could receive that, it would be wonderful. I want to finish by praying into our 10, 10 areas of influence. You could call them 10 areas of purpose if you like. But our 10 areas of influence is a church because we're all involved in some of those areas. I do want to single one person out though. Panashi, where are you? Right there. How didn't I see you, mate? You're right in front of me. Um, do you want to come down here with me? Panashi's going to uh, Lincoln, I think it is leaving us this is your last Sunday Amy yeah awesome I'm not going to embarrass you don't worry I already have <laughs> Kristen would you and Rachel would you like to come and pray for Panashi because I don't know if you know but Rachel was a phenomenal netballer and Kristen was an all black and Panashi's like an exceptional basketballer and uh, like he'll go places and I reckon it would be really, really cool if you guys could pray for him. But before we do that, I'm going to get everyone else sit down just for a moment. I'm going to get you to stand. So our 10 areas of influence. When I call the area of influence out that you're involved in, I want you to stand. Because we're going to bless you all as you go into the year and everything after this. So if you're involved in the area of health and science, why don't you stand to your feet right now? Great, fantastic. If you're involved in the area of government, local government, national government, whatever, stand right now. Brilliant, wonderful. If you're involved in sports and recreation, stand with my friends around me right now, wherever you are. Brilliant. Yeah, you are, Stephen. That's great. If you're involved in education, why don't you stand up right now? Fantastic. If you're involved in media or technology, why don't you jump up? If you're involved in social, 
causes or enterprise, why don't you stand to your feet now? If you're involved in arts and entertainment, up on your feet. Involved is a pretty loose word, by the way. If you're involved in family, why don't you stand up right now? Everybody. Commerce and law. Stand up. Worldview. So that's things of faith and giving people a perspective on life. Stand on your feet. Every single person in here should now be standing because if nothing else, you're all involved in family. So we're going to bless you in Jesus' name. But before we do, can I ask you guys to pray for Panashi? Is that right? And then... Thank you, Lord, for loving all of us. And today, Lord, we thank you for this, this young man, Panache. And we thank him. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for the foundation that has been built in his life, Lord. We thank you for his parents and his grandparents and everyone that's prayed for him and built into his life, Lord. We thank you for the next step that he has in his journey. And that's with you, Lord, walking right with you. Lord, we pray that he can be bold and be strong and have the times to speak and the times to listen. Lord, please help him to have that understanding that you are with them. You've got his back and you're going to walk with him every step. And every time there's a tough situation, you're going to help him through that, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the skills that you've given him in his body and we pray that he can use those um, to do well, but also to shine his light towards you so people can see how awesome you are, Lord Jesus. Give him those skills and we thank you for him, Lord. Amen. Yes, Lord, we pray for Panashi, Lord. We really pray your immense blessing on him, Lord. We pray that you can bless his body so that you keep him safe, Lord. We pray that you bless him just in everything that he does for his schooling as well as his sport, Lord. We pray for your mantle of protection over him. And we really pray that he can be that light upon the hill for you, Lord, that he can shine your goodness wherever he goes, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Father, I declare your blessing over every person in this place. Father, we're going out this week and we'll be rubbing shoulders with people all around the city. We're going out this week into our tribes, perhaps. And I ask that you would release confidence in every person to shine your light. As we've heard, there might not be a whole lot of preaching necessarily, but let's do good. And Father, I ask that you would help us see the need. I help us that you would speak the words when the time is right, because it's essential. And I also help, uh, I pray that you would give us an eye to see and a heart to react to the people with. Let a wave of goodness sweep over the city this week as we step into our purpose. In Jesus' name, let your blessing rest on your church. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Go well, and we'll see you anyway, but go well. Thank you very much. Well, have a fantastic week. There is, uh, I think there's tea and coffee. I'm not sure. Might not be because we're doing the Daniel thing. I've got a thumbs up. There is. There is. There's a thumbs up out there. So that's really good. Um, If you'd like prayer for anything at all, come down the front. Someone will pray with you. Have a great week. Catch up with some people before you go. Introduce yourself. 6 p.m. tonight in the youth hall. It'll be amazing. The end.